All right, so we're going to um, we're going to continue this morning. I don't intend. Somebody tell me one time, uh, intentions minus actions equals squat. Uh, but I don't intend to be up here very long this morning. Uh, but uh, we're going to continue uh, our series in Anchored. And actually, this is our last week in, the, in this particular series. Um, and so uh, I've been real excited about what the Lord has been doing. And I've been so, real excited about uh, the testimonies and the things that you guys have shared with, with me and the staff with what God is doing with regard to this, uh, I, this concept of opening up capacity capacity in your life. And so in week one, Pastor Ronnie uh, brought us a word and, um, and it was about reading the Bible. Do you know you are never finished reading the Bible? It does not end. It does not end. Uh, the Bible tells us that the word of God is alive and active. And so it is alive and active every single day. And so you can read a passage of scripture that you've read 32 times. And on that 33rd time, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you in a different way. He's never spoken to you before. You are never finished reading the word of God. And so we are anchored because of the truth that we find in the word of God. The following week, I talked to you about how we tend to cram pack our lives in every crevice of our life uh, to full capacity. And then we kind of walk around and kind of we're proud because we've got our life completely in order. But the Holy Spirit of God revealed to me, revealed to us that your life was never meant to be filled completely to capacity. Because when we fill our life to capacity, we don't have the space for when unexpected things happen. And unexpected things are happening all of the time. How many had something unexpected happen this week in your life? Look around the room. Unexpected things happen all of the time. And so the capacity that we need in our lives to respond to these unexpected things is very important. And so he never intended you to get your life and have every, all 24 of those hours just cram packed where you don't have any room to hear from him, for him to move in your life. Do you know the Holy Spirit of God wants to move in your life? He wants to do things in your life. And ultimately it is to become more and more like Jesus because the most important relationship you have is with Jesus. The most important relationship you have in your life is with Jesus, the Savior of the world. He's the most important relationship that you have. More than that, your purpose in life is to become more and more like Jesus. Raise your hand if you've arrived. Okay, we've not arrived in this place. We're becoming more and more like him. And as we open up capacity in our life, as we surrender the things in our life, what, it, what will happen is capacity will bring about the opportunity for us to grow. Now, growth doesn't always feel good. Sometimes we would, we would like to, just like Jonathan was saying, he said, he, what did he say? I'm avoiding that passage of scripture this morning when he was talking about community. I, I encourage you, Jonathan, to read that passage of scripture. There's some important things there. But we tend to avoid things we tend to avoid things that we don't want to grow in. If, this, if, if, if I know that pain is ahead of me, I'm probably going to want to run the other way because sometimes growth is painful and it hurts. But you know that that degree of pain and hurt is good for us because he is working some things out of us so that we can become more like him. I believe that the Holy Spirit of God wants this church to graduate from drinking milk to eating meat. Yeah. It is time for us to go into the deeper things 
of God. It's time for us to mature in our faith, and we are ready to sink our teeth into a big stake in the Lord. Because some of us are living adult spiritual lives being malnourished because we are continually drinking milk. And we are responding to situations in our lives, drinking milk, because we don't have the capacity in our lives to grow beyond that. God is calling you up. He's calling me up. Because he wants us to become more like him. And last week, Pastor Barbie talked about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit anchors us to truth. He anchors us to truth. He gives you a voice. He gives you a voice to the very throne room of God. And so we've spent the last five or six weeks talking about this opening this, this, this ability for us to say, God, I surrender because I filled my life up to the brim and I'm carrying it around. And, and the minute I hear a message on capacity and I need to maybe free some things up or maybe address some things I've got going on in my life, the first thing I want to do is jump right in the driver's seat and try to be in control of what I let go of. But he doesn't want you to be in control. That was the problem in the first place. He wants you to relinquish control to him. And the only antidote or the only answer to our lives being so cram-packed at uh, full where we don't have the capacity is to surrender. That is our response, is to surrender to him. So we spent a lot of time addressing the need to create capacity in our lives by surrendering to him, but we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the unexpected. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about the unexpected. I'm going to tell you right now, I had a lot of red balls thrown at me this week. I had a lot of red balls thrown at my life this week. And I looked at Sherry uh, the other night. We were sitting on the couch and we were talking. And I said, Sherry, I've had so many unexpected things happen this week, but I am just so in awe of the joy and the peace that I have right now, spite all of the unexpected things that have happened this week. Do you know that your response to unexpected things has everything, it's directly connected to the capacity and the depth of the relationship and your knowledge of the Lord? It's connected, it's connected directly to how close you are to him and how much you are becoming like him. Let me tell you something, when that person cuts you off the road and you want to respond out of your flesh, but you choose to respond out of the spirit, you're growing. You're growing. Some would say that was a supernatural thing. I refrain from throwing that gesture. That was a supernatural act of God in my life and a miracle for that person. It's because you have grown closer. You are becoming like him. He is working the flesh out of you. Some of you need the flesh worked out of you. I need the flesh worked out of my life. So the unexpected things are happening in our lives all of the time. Unexpected things have happened in my life. I remember going to Africa. And you guys who know me really well know that this was an unexpected and not a very good thing for me to go to Africa and find out that my luggage has not arrived. Unexpected thing to be wearing the underwear of somebody who lives in the bush. (laughs) The unexpected happens when my daughter screams for me in the middle of the night. 
And she says, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I run out of the room because my heart's beating fast. Why is my daughter screaming? And she holds her thumb in the air and she says, daddy, daddy, boo, 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 boo. And I go and I take that little thumb and I kiss it and I kiss it. And she totally said, poo, 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 poo. Unexpected things. Unexpected things happen. Or it could be that I'm in the hospital with my firstborn being born and my wife there laying in that bed and they give me my firstborn daughter and the sirens start going off and all these people start running into the room and blood is just spewing out of my wife and they are saying, she's not going to make it. And all I can do is stand in the corner and say, God, you are sovereign, you are sovereign, you are sovereign. And he meets you in the middle of your unexpected. Not all unexpected things are necessarily bad things. Sometimes there are good unexpected things, like when I order crumble from DoorDash this past week, and I ordered a box of four cookies, but they brought me two. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah, he's moving. When I discover that Hadassah, who has gotten angry with her sisters and she is just really beside herself. And I stumble upon her crying out to God in a closet in my room saying, God, would you help me forgive my sister? And I stumble upon that. That's unexpected. It's unexpected. It's hoped for, but it's unexpected. Or maybe it's walking out into the foyer to the most beautiful woman in the world playing on Facebook and saying, that's going to be my wife. Unexpected things happen all of the time. Not all of them are bad. Not all of them are good, but they do happen. And how we respond and how we prepare our hearts to respond to unexpected things is very, very important. It's very, very important. Today, I want to talk about the red ball. I want to talk about the unexpected things that pop into our our lives. I want to talk about his supernatural ability to move in our lives and stop us from reacting like we want to react in our flesh. And so the first thing that I want us to understand is, as we didn't read the scripture yet today, we'll go back to that. The first thing I want you to understand is the Holy Spirit is essential to the life of a believer. The Holy Spirit is essential to the life of the believer. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Yes. There's not one person in this room, if you, if you are a professing Christian and you are a believer, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. It was a, he is a gift that he has left for us. The scripture that I wanted to read today is this. If you love me, keep my commands. Jesus is speaking. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you. How long? How long? How long? Forever. Forever. And he is called the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But believers in the room, you know him. For he lives with you. And will be in you. The Holy Spirit is essential 
to your walk. And we don't do a good enough job of talking about the Holy Spirit and how he works. And a lot of times I feel it's, for, it's, it's one of two things that stops us. The first thing is that there's a fear of the Holy Spirit because maybe you've bumped up against some things or you've seen some things that kind of freak you out. Kind of say, well, I don't understand what that's about and I don't really want to touch it, so I'm not going to go there. And so we just completely turn our way, uh, our backs away from the Holy Spirit. Or the other reason why we may not want to, to go up against the Holy Spirit or, or talk about the Holy Spirit or receive those spirits because we're actually afraid of what he's actually going to do in us. That it's actually going to be a good thing and he's actually going to reveal some things that we don't want to deal with yet. And so we say, no, I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you, if we agree that the most important relationship in our life is Jesus and we agree that my, my purpose in life is to become like him, you cannot do that part from the Holy Spirit. You need him in your, your life. This is a, a gift that he has given to you. Amen. And in so many situations of our life when unexpected things, all we ought to do is be still and know that he is God. Hallelujah. Kevin's attempts to fix Kevin's life rarely work. Kevin's attempts to be in control of things lead to disaster. But when I surrender to him every unexpected thing that comes my way, I am prepared and I am equipped to handle and to respond to, not because of my ability, but because of the Holy Spirit's work in my life. This past week, I said I had a lot of unexpected things. This was a hard week. Do you understand that when we talk about capacity and opening up your life, it's not necessarily about, okay, I've got to get to the point where I can kick my feet up and it's just a breeze. It's about understanding that there are going to be things that the Holy Spirit sees that are ahead of you, that he wants to clear out some room because if you don't clear out some room and these things come at you, you're not going to be prepared to handle what's coming your way. So that's why when he says to you, I want you to lay this down. I want you to stop this. I want you to break off this relationship. It's because he's able to see all things from end to beginning. And it's because he can see the thing that you're going to need to have out of your life that when this unexpected target comes at your life, you're going to be prepared and filled by the Holy Spirit. You're going to respond in that way. But we tend to argue with the Holy Spirit. We kind of tend to argue with the conviction of the Holy Spirit when he says, I want you to stop this, do this. This is why it's so important for us to move from milk to meat. It's important for us to, to grow up because in our growing up process, he's going to ask us to do some hard things that we don't want to do. But we have to trust that when he's asking, isn't it the, the scripture uh, in Romans that says he's working all things together for our, not for your, not to, 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 to make you mad, not to tick you off. That's not his objective, although sometimes it does. If you're authentic and real, sometimes does the Lord make you upset sometimes? We had a situation where a lady had somebody commit suicide and was talking with me and she said, I don't want anything to do with the Lord. He's taken three other people from my life via suicide. And so I'm just so upset. I don't want anything to do with him. And I just said to her, I said, listen, you can be mad at God. You can be angry with him. He desires authenticity he, he desires your genuine response. Just don't shut down the dialogue. Don't close the communication. She looked at me. She said, I had never had a pastor say that to me before. 
Guys, this is not a fairy tale. He is not a fairy tale. He's not made up. He is as real as you and I are sitting here today, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And in that relationship, there are times when he's not going to make you happy. And he is a big God, and he can handle when you come to him and you say, God, this is ticking me off. And he'll begin to minister to you. He'll begin to speak to your heart and change things. And so the Holy Spirit is essential to the life of the believer. The next thing I want us to understand is that the primary job of the Holy Spirit is to point you and others to Jesus. The primary job of the Holy Spirit is to point you and others to Jesus. When we look in scripture, we see when the move of the Holy Spirit is happening, we always see numbers being added to the kingdom. We see numbers being added to the kingdom. Let me tell you, I got convicted this week because let me tell you something. I know that the Holy Spirit can get involved with the woohoo. You know what the woohoo is? Okay, you've seen the woohoo. It's why some of you guys are kind of like a little bit afraid because you've seen some things, you know? But the, he can do goosebumps. He can do all of these, these things in, your, uh, in our lives. He can, he can allow us to emotionally respond in a, in, a, in a worship service. But let me tell you something. The primary responsibility and job of the, of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus, not point people to you. Not point people to me, not pointing us to an emotional reaction or an emotional experience, but to point people to him. And so when he's moving in healing, when he's moving in acts of uh, of wisdom, in the gifts of the spirit, when he's moving in the prophetic, it's never about you being glorified in the moment. It's never really even about that person. It is about if I move in this way, then maybe just maybe people will look at Jesus. And so when he manifests himself, and we want him to manifest himself, why? Because I want to become like Jesus, but I can't do that without the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to move in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to move in your life. And so he gives us these incredible gifts that we have access to. And we can access them with the heart posture of, I want people to see Jesus. I want to see his kingdom advance. I need to become more like him. His primary responsibility and job is to point us into him, point us and others to him, to become like Jesus. I was convicted this week at the times in my life that I reduced the sovereignty and the holiness of the Holy Spirit to a spectator event, that I reduced it to an experience that I was wanting for myself. And I just had to ask the Holy Spirit of God, would you please forgive me? I am so thankful that I am covered by the blood of Jesus, that I would grieve the Holy Spirit in such a way to make it about me. But anytime the Holy Spirit moves in your life, it is to point you and others to Jesus. It's all about him. And church, it's a dangerous thing when it becomes about us. When it becomes about us, we can gain popularity. We can gain notoriety. We can become famous. And all of that will die with the world. And when we stand before the Lord and he's looking at us and he's saying, guess what? I know you prophesied in my name. I know you said things in my name. I know you healed people. We're saying that to him. And he says to us, I have no idea who you are. Because in your life, you made it about you and not me. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing when we make it about us but we don't walk in fear. We don't walk in fear and not access it because we're afraid about making it about us because we should be walking in a posture of surrender. 
And so we step into those things and we say, God, you can use me however you see fit because I have the capacity to be used by you. And so it's essential that we are hearing from the Holy Spirit. The last thing I wanted us to understand tonight or today is this. It's okay to admit that you are learning how to hear from the Lord. It's okay to admit that you are learning how to hear from the Lord. Guys, I'll tell you what, if I asked for a show of hands of those who say, I don't really know how to hear from the Lord, you would be surprised at how many hands go in the air. You are not alone. It takes time for us to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. It takes cultivation in our lives. It takes practice in our lives to clearly hear from the Lord. It is okay to admit that you are learning how to hear from the Lord. It is far better than you saying, I have heard from the Lord and you be wrong. Making a declaration that you've heard from the Lord and riding on that and being wrong much rather be in a place where I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm leaning in. I think I'm hearing your voice. Because once somebody comes to me and says, I've heard from the Lord, I can't do anything. I, okay. My job is to get out of the way. But we need people in our lives, don't we? We need people in our lives who will speak truth in our lives. We need people in our lives that would be used by the Holy Spirit, that can hear the Holy Spirit's voice. I'm reminded of a story of Pastor Margaret. You guys remember Margaret? Some of you don't know her. She was the children's pastor for a very, very long time. One of my best dear friends. She passed away and went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. And I remember I was her assistant children's pastor. And... I was going, I was involved in a relationship that I shouldn't have been involved with. And um, in that relationship, I just, it was a season of my life where I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. I was a lot, lot going on in my life. And Margaret came into my office and she sat down and she looked me eyeball to eyeball and she said, Kevin, are you leaving the church? Now I want you to understand, this is like family. She's like a mom to me. Okay, I want you to imagine it's like your mom walking in and saying, are you leaving the family? And it, it cut. I mean, it was like, what? And the Holy Spirit of God in that moment used Margaret Meek to wake me up to a relationship that was pulling me away from the Lord and not toward the Lord. And it's moments like that that I can stay, stand with such strong foundation and say, that woman loved me. Yeah, she did what she blessed me. She taught, she encouraged me. She did a lot of things for me. It's moments like that that show me that she loved me because had she not come in and talked to me, I don't know where I was headed. It was, I was so foggy in that season of life and she cleared the clouds for me by loving me enough to say something hard to me and the Holy Spirit of God using her in that way. God will use people in your life to speak to you. We're supposed to be helping each other on this journey. We're not alone on this journey, right? So he will, he will speak to us. And we need to be in relationship with each other enough, transparent enough to know that, man, if you've got something that the Lord has given you in your, in your life, a, a word for me, I want to hear it. Because it encourages me, it helps me become more like him. 
The Holy Spirit is real. And this whole capacity thing, guys, is not about, it's not so much about do less or do more. It's about being obedient to what God has told you to do. It's about being obedient to what what God has told you to do. This is Wade Hutchinson. Who loves Wade Hutchinson? You know him, Elder Wade? I admire Wade Hutchinson. If you know Wade Hutchinson, we just learned last night that his name means go. (laughs) Fitting, huh? But Wade is somebody spinning a lot of plates all at one time. But you know what I admire about Wade Hutchinson? It's not that he can spin a thousand plates at one time. It's that when I look at his life, the consistent thing that I see is joy, peace, patience, self-control, faithfulness. You want to know the, the barometer for whether or not you're getting this capacity thing down? It's this right here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. When these things are not present in a believer's life, something is wrong. Because this scripture is talking about being in step with the Spirit. And so Wade, who can handle a hundred things in his life, if he's got these things in operation, he's probably doing everything God's told him to do. But if you attempt to look at Wade's life and say, well, I'm going to do a hundred things because he's doing a hundred things and these things start going away, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing it because you are comparing yourself to what Wade can do. You are called to do the things that you're called to do. And it's just as good as what Wade is doing when he's following the Lord. The lust of the flesh are a part of this scripture when you expound on this. Guys, in my life, all of those things, I don't, the, the, all of those fleshly desires that are described there, all of that sin that's described there, I don't usually rub up against the temptation of those things when I'm operating fully in the fruit of the Spirit. It's when I am not listening to the Lord and I'm away from Him that I want to get against those things because those things soothe me for a moment. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of Him is everlasting. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if you are uh, tired of hearing the word capacity, I've got exciting news for you. Starting next week, we have a new series called Make Room. Because we're going to camp here. Because I need this. I need to make room in my life. Guys, we're heading toward Easter, the greatest celebration this year we're going to have. Because we have a resurrected Savior. And so we are going to continue to purpose to make room so that He can transform us on the inside to be more like Jesus. And so for many, many years, if you've been here for a long time, we participated in a season of time called Lent. Lent is a 40-day, 46-day period before Easter. And what we're going to do this year, church, is I'm going to ask you, we didn't do, well, I'll talk about that in a second. We're going to, we're going to participate in, uh, in Lent this year, and it starts this Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. I think it's so fitting for us to participate in this because we're talking about making room. And essentially what I'm going to ask you to do, Sherry asked me the other night, she said, are you going to ask people to add things to their life or lay things down or what? This is what I'm asking you to do. I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. 
I don't want to tell you what to do. I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. But essentially what we're going to ask you to do is starting this Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, I want you to ask the Lord what thing you could do, not do, give up, add to your life in the next 40 days. And I'll explain the number in a second. 40 days leading up to Easter, Celebration Sunday. There are actually 46 days. There are Sundays that are in there. On Sundays is a day of celebration. And so whatever it is that you have chosen to, to give up or add to, you can you, you can choose whether or not to, to do that or continue to do that. But we do this Monday through Saturday. Maybe it's a favorite piece of cheese that you want to give up. Or maybe it's a watching so much TV and, and maybe turning off the show and reading scripture. Maybe it's, I'm going to commit to pray with my family every single day. Maybe it's going to be, but the point of this is that we start to really set our sights on him. We start to really make room in our lives to really think about and ponder and invite and create capacity for the Holy Spirit to do work in our lives. And I want us to do this as a church. I want us to do this and commit to doing this together. And so you'll ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do over these next 40 days that would help me draw closer to you? We used to do this uh, all the time. And one of the reasons, I'm sure there may have been a, a few others, but one of the reasons Pastor Ronnie stopped doing this was because it became about what we were giving up and not about him. So I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit. You don't have to share with people what it is unless it's necessary. This is about you and him. Remember, it's dangerous when we make it about us. And so we're gonna enter this time together and I'm trusting the Lord to see supernatural things happen. What do I mean by that? Oh, we're gonna see healings. No, I'm gonna see somebody cut you off the road and you're not gonna respond in a bad way. That's supernatural, right? I'm, I want to. I want to hear when you opened a scripture because you started to read the Bible, and it's like Kevin. I, this scripture came across, and the Holy Spirit of God told me this. Hallelujah, Kevin. There's this relationship that I've been in for a long time, and I've been wavering back and forth, and that person's been pulling me away. I have severed that relationship. May God give you the supernatural ability to do that. Whatever it is, as we create space, as we make room as we increase and enlarge our, our capacity for him to move. May he move in extraordinary ways in our lives so that when the unexpected happens, we can respond as he would have us respond. The most supernatural, unexpected thing that has ever happened in any one of our lives was this Savior who stepped down from the kingdom of heaven lived a perfect life, a blameless life and was put upon a cross and died for yours and my sin. Ask the Lord, he asked his father if there's another way, but instead Lord said, give me the strength to do your will, not my own. May we have the ability to say, let me do your will and not my own. Because of Jesus' obedient obedience to the cross, we now have a pathway to the Father. John 8 says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Not your truth, the truth. The truth will set you free. Jesus says in John 14, 
I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So if you're looking for truth, it's found in Jesus. If you're looking for the way, it's found in Jesus. Looking for life, it's found in Jesus. Well, how do we get there? We need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come help us. Help us. Help us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. And I thank you, Lord, for all of the gifts that you've given us. Father God, the very best gift you ever gave us was your son, Jesus. And I'm thankful that with you, there's always more. And Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father God, because we can access your throne room because of being covered by this amazing blood of Jesus, I'm asking today for Springhouse Church as we head into this season together of making room, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would do a mighty work in our hearts, in our lives, that we would be changed from the inside out, that we would encounter the world, that they would taste and see that you are good because there's something different in us. There's something different in our responses. There's something different about the way we live because we belong as citizens to the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of the world. God, I'm asking that you would help us center in on you, that this would become real in our lives and not a momentary Sunday to Sunday event, but a day by day walk as we daily pick up our cross and purpose to follow you. Let the power of your Holy Spirit resonate in our lives. May the power of your Holy Spirit work in our lives in a way that we've never seen before. So as we graduate from milk to meat, yes, the kingdom will explode. Numbers will be added day by day by day by day, not because of what we've done, God, but because of what you've done. Mature us in you. Help us to lay down our childish ways, our childish responses. Let us, Lord, be so consumed with your Holy Spirit, with you and involved with you, God, that every day we would wake up and say, God, what do you want me to do today? And let us be obedient to it. We trust you, Lord. We are so thankful and we repent today and we change the way we have thought about this, God. We repent today and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Infiltrate our lives. Infiltrate our families. Hold us together. Let us be the beacon of light that you have called us to be. And in all of that, when you do your holy work in our lives, we will be so very careful to give you the glory. We will be so very careful to honor you, to point people to you. Because God, you are the most important relationship we have. Do the work. Do the work. We are the vessels. We are the clay. We are your people. Thank you, Father. We thank you, God. We bless you today. And it is in your son's name that the church says, amen. Amen.